Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from the 13th chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew. I think I'll read, it says verses 24 to 30 and 34 to 43, but I think I'll read 24 through 43 this morning. This is a parable of weeds among the wheat. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. While everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, then, do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. Jesus told the crowds all these things in parables. Without a parable, he told them nothing. This was to fulfill what had been spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth to speak in parables. I will proclaim what has been hidden from the foundation of the world. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. Jesus answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen sends our scripture lesson for this morning. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. The gospel lesson for this morning is another of Jesus' parables of the kingdom of heaven. The parable of the wheat and the weeds, or what the King James Version calls the parable of the wheat and the tares. A parable, as we have been learning this summer, 
is a vignette that contains or conveys a certain message. It is different from a lecture. It is more symbolic than conceptual. It is more like myth than history. A myth, a fairy tale, a parable is a story that is not true on the outside, or not necessarily true on the outside, but it is true on the inside. It may or may not be factually true, but it is psychologically and spiritually true. Despite the way the parables are presented in the Gospels, I do not believe that Jesus just stood up in front of a crowd and began to teach in parables. Parables are not particularly effective when they come out of the blue. As a pedagogical device, they are more effectively employed in response to a person's question. Sometimes the question that preceded, that gave rise to the parable, is included in the gospel narrative. For example, a lawyer asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus answers a question with a question. He asks the lawyer what is written in the law. The lawyer says that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus tells the man he is correct. The lawyer then asks, then who is my neighbor? In response, Jesus says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell among robbers. Jesus does not just get up in front of a crowd or in front of his disciples and tell the story. The story would be much too confusing. He tells the story, the parable of the Good Samaritan, which is in Luke 10, in response to a question about neighbors, a question about whom we should regard as a neighbor. Sometimes, as in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the initial question is included in the gospel narrative. Sometimes it is not. In those cases where it is not included, I find it helpful to imagine what the original question might have been. For example, Jesus tells a parable about two men who build their houses. One builds a house on sand, the other builds a house on rock. When a storm hits, the house that is built on the foundation of rock survives. The house built on sand is destroyed. I wonder what the question, what question preceded and called forth this parable, this little vignette. Someone may have asked Jesus why some people triumph over adversity while other people are destroyed by it. Someone may have asked Jesus about the essential personality characteristics of resiliency. Someone may have asked Jesus how, in such a turbulent world, we could find a sense of security. We don't know what the question was, but I suspect there was a question. I also suspect that the question was a question that we would ask Jesus if we had the opportunity. What question preceded and called forth 
the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Someone may have asked why, if God is all good and all powerful, evil exists in the world. The person may have asked why God doesn't just eliminate all Republicans or Democrats to make this a better nation. Well, this last question admittedly is unlikely since America technically didn't exist when the question was asked. We don't know what the question was, but we can assume there was a question. We can also assume that it was a question that we would ask Jesus if we had the opportunity. In response to the question, whatever it was, Jesus tells the crowd that God is like a farmer. We went down this road several weeks ago when we looked at the parable of the sower and the soil. If you recall, at the time I expressed the opinion that God, at least as described in that parable, is not a particularly good farmer. God scatters the seed all over the place. He throws it on the well-worn path, on the rocky soil, and among thorns. A good farmer would never do this. A good farmer would remove the rocks, till and fertilize the soil, and make sure the emerging plants receive adequate sunshine and water. So I've said I realize I'm going out on a limb when I criticize God. But this is how I feel in relation to today's parable, that I am treading on dangerous ground. The parable of the wheat and the weeds, God, the farmer, sows good seed in the field. When the plants come up, the farmer's servants discover that weeds are interspersed throughout the wheat. They come and tell the farmer, and the farmer says, an enemy has done this. That's an interesting response. An enemy has done this. I have a halfway decent lawn around our house. It looks quite good for, from a distance. From a distance. If you came up close, however, you would discover that my lawn contains a fair amount of crabgrass. Let's assume that you were insensitive enough to point out that I have crabgrass in my lawn. I know you're not, but just assume that you were. What would you think if I told you that an enemy did it? That neighbors who don't like me come over by night and scatter crabgrass seed in my lawn? I suspect you would suggest that I go back on my medication. Once again, not to criticize God, but it seems to me that God's response is a paranoid response. When anything goes wrong, when it doesn't turn out as you planned, blame the enemy. Now look at how the farmer responds to his servants. The servants inform him that the weeds are interspersed among the wheat. The weeds will draw water and nutrients from the soil. If they grow higher than the wheat, they will prevent the sun from reaching it. The servants asked the farmer if he would like them to remove the weeds. The farmer tells them, no, just leave the weeds alone. No self-respecting farmer would do this, particularly if he did not have to do the weeding himself. What is the message of this parable? 
To what question or kind of question would Jesus' response be an answer? Some preachers have linked it with the second coming or the great judgment. Since I'm not a great fan of this doctrine, I am much more interested in discovering what Jesus might be telling us about this life, about this life in general and about our individual life. First, Jesus might be telling us something about the importance of acceptance. Jesus might be telling us something about the acceptance of life. He may be telling us that life is comprised of opposites, good and bad, light and dark, sunshine and rain, good fortune and bad, pleasure and pain, health and illness, life and death. In addition to the wheat, there are weeds. Jesus may be telling us that we need to accept life as it is, that we need to love it as it is. He may be telling us to let God sort things out when, if and when, God feels it is time to do so. Jesus may be telling us something about the acceptance of other people. As we know, some people are polite while others are rude. Some are kind while others are cruel. Some are sensitive while others are insensitive. Some are members of the correct political party, which is of course the one to which I belong, while others are misguided or just plain stupid. Some are like me while others are different. Jesus may be telling us that we need to accept other people as they are, that we need to love them as they are. He may be telling us to let God sort things out if and when God feels it is time to do so. Finally, Jesus may be telling us something about ourselves, about the importance of self-acceptance, particularly about the importance of what C.G. Jung called the integration of the shadow. As we know, we can be compassionate, but we can also be cold and unfeeling. We can be unselfish, but we can also be selfish. We can reach out to others, but we can also withhold. We can be patient, but we are often impatient and angry. We have our strengths, and we have our weaknesses. Jesus may be telling us that we need to accept ourselves as we are, that we need to love ourselves as we are. God will sort things out if and when God feels it is time to do so. In his parabolic response to the unknown question, Jesus may be warning us about the dangers of dualistic thinking. He may be reminding us that it, it is not always easy to distinguish the wheat from the weeds. The weed that is referred to in the parable is darno. It is apparently difficult to distinguish darno from wheat until both plants are fully grown. When I weed my wife's flower gardens, <clears throat> I need her to help me distinguish the weeds from the perennials. 
is not always easy to distinguish the flower from the weeds, particularly if I let the weeding go a little too long. When it comes to my lawn, I am not sure why crabgrass falls into the category of a weed. The designation seems to me to be somewhat arbitrary. All I know is that I can get crabgrass to grow in some areas that, for the life of me, I just cannot fill in with grass. We need to be careful. We Christians might believe that we are the wheat and the Muslims are the weeds. Of course, Muslims might believe that they are the wheat and we are the weeds that need to be eradicated. The Protestants might think that we are the wheat and the Roman Catholics are the weeds. Roman Catholics might think that they are the weed and non-Catholics of any type are the weeds. Throughout history, we have both tried to eradicate the other. <clears throat> when it comes to personality types, to typology, I might believe that thinking introverts are the weed and feeling extroverts are the weeds. My wife would tell you that I have it all wrong. That feeling extroverts are the weed and that people who read a lot don't particularly enjoy social gatherings and who don't tend to express feelings or even communicate very much are the weeds. I think we all know who is right in this debate. Uh, by the way, that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Jesus may be telling us to be careful of this kind of dualistic thinking. It doesn't take a rocket surgeon to realize that there is a subjective dimension to the differentiation, to the categorization of wheat and weeds. If we are not careful, we will think that it is our calling, our divine mission, to designate and then eradicate the weeds. Jesus tells us to leave that to God. As you know, I am not one to criticize God. <clears throat> but many, many years ago, God utilized the very dualistic approach to improving life on earth that Jesus calls us to repudiate. At the time of Noah, God realized that weeds, the sinners, were interspersed throughout the wheat. The nonsense. In fact, there seemed to be more weeds in the world than wheat. I suspect this was probably the case, since it is so today. So God gathered the wheat, all the good people in the world, together in a boat. Noah and his family, all eight of them, and killed everyone and everything else on the face of the earth. God assumed that if the weeds were eradicated, only wheat would remain. As we know, God's approach doesn't work. This is the only place in the Bible, I'm quite sure, where God admits he made a mistake. After the flood, God establishes his covenant with Noah and with all humanity. What God says to Noah is very interesting. It's recorded in the book of Genesis Chapter 8, God says, In my heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done. 
God realizes somewhat belatedly that he cannot divide the world into good people and bad people. Everyone has a shadow side. We all have evil in our heart. The evil cannot be eradicated. However, through Jesus, it can be transformed. Adolf Hitler made the same mistake as God. Hitler wanted to create a master race. Hitler pictured the denizens of this master race as blonde-haired, blue-eyed, incredibly neat, and eminently rational Caucasian people from Central Europe. Now that sounds a little subjective. Even to someone like me, someone of German heritage who fits this description. Hitler thought that if he could kill off all the weeds, the Jews, the gypsies, the communists, the union organizers, the homosexuals, the mentally ill, the mentally retarded, and if he could conquer all other countries and bring their way of thinking and living up to speed, he would create a better world. This response not only did not work, it is evil. In this country, we believe quite the opposite. We in America believe that our strength lies in our diversity, in heterogeneity rather than homogeneity. We build ramps so that the physically challenged will have access to buildings. We utilize American Sign Language so the hearing impaired will understand a lecture in a college course. We want all children, rich and poor, white and black, to have proper nutrition, health care, dental care, and access to education. We even want prisoners, hardened criminals, to have the opportunity to experience rehabilitation. Except, of course, in Texas. A man worked very hard on his lawn in his flower gardens. He laid down plastic shields, utilized weed killer, and spent more of his summer evenings weeding than he would have liked. It was all to no avail. The weeds just kept coming. Finally, he went to a horticulturalist at a nearby university. The expert listened patiently to the man's tale of woe. At the end of the discourse, the man asked the expert for his advice concerning the weeds. After a short pause, the horticulturist replied, I suggest that you learn to love them. In response to some question, Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the weeds. The question may have been about life. It may have been about the kind of people that populate this world. Questioner may have asked why there are so many annoying people in his or her church. It may have been why Republicans or Democrats are so stupid. But it may have also been about the questioner, him or herself. The questioner may have asked Jesus why, even though he or she knew better, he or she should so consistently and constantly be impatient, angry, selfish, and egocentric. In response, Jesus tells the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Jesus tells us not to get upset about the weeds in life. There are going to be good days and bad, sunshine and rain, times when the market is up and times when the market is down. There are times when we will be healthy and times when we will be ill. Even the weeds 
or at least what we call weeds, can play a positive role in our individuation, in shaping our soul. Jesus may be telling us that this life, with its fascinating combination of wheat and weeds, is good. We need to not only accept life as it is, but we need to learn to love it. Jesus may be telling us that we need to not only accept, but also learn to live with the weeds and other people. He asks us to be circumspect, to be cognizant of the subjective dimension of all our dichotomizations. He tells us to be sure to refrain from taking on the divine mission of eradicating what we, from our limited perspective, identify as weeds. That is God's job, it is not ours. And it seems that God is in no hurry to do this. Jesus may be telling us that we need to not only accept but learn to love ourselves, even though our daily lives show ample evidence of weeds. And if we are the least bit self-reflective, we know that they do. It may be telling us that we need to take the same attitude toward ourselves, toward our strengths and weaknesses, our good points and bad, that God takes toward us. As C.G. Jung put it, the goal of individuation is wholeness, not perfection. The wheat and the weeds need to live together. Jesus may be telling us that we need to learn to love the weeds. The weeds in our society, the weeds in our family members, even the weeds in ourselves. This is the only way that the weeds can be transformed into flowers. Let us pray. Almighty God, of all the gifts that we ask of you, perhaps one of the most important is the gift of acceptance. The acceptance of other people as they are, strengths and weaknesses, acceptances of life with its ups and downs, good days and bad, and the acceptance of ourselves. Then be present to us in this complex mixture of wheat and weeds, strengths and weaknesses, and help us to unfold our lives as the human beings that you call us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.